0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Mind on Mental Health podcast. My name is Andy Dean. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. My guest today, once again, is Nicole Glover. Nicole is a licensed professional counselor, as well as a licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor. She's the clinical manager of the women's program at Penn Medicine Princeton House Behavioral Health in Hamilton, New Jersey, as well as the owner of Restoring Pieces, a private, therapy practice in Trenton, New Jersey. Today, Nicole and I discuss code switching, what it is, and how it can affect people's mental health. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. We talked about, uh, we gave some examples about racial trauma in the workplace. And I guess I'm thinking of it in, like, super black and white terms. Uh, No pun intended.
1: But, like... But pun received. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um,
0: But, like, very clear-cut examples of, like, okay, nine black people went for this promotion, one white guy went for this promotion, and they gave it to the white guy, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So that, I think, is an obvious example of... What could be perceived as like racial trauma in the workplace, or you know, discrimination, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times, like it's not that obvious. Yeah. So can you maybe speak to that a little bit, or you know, correct my thinking on how how I'm thinking about this?
1: No, it, I think you know the 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 example you gave is pretty much spot on, I mean you have a pool. It's just like if we were to play probability. Mm-hmm. right and and pull a resume not knowing what the the racial background of any of the candidates are right and you pull a resume you don't do any interviews you just hire based off the resume mm-hmm. right then we can't really call that an experience where we're pointing the finger at race mm-hmm. but truthfully say we have nine black people go for a position and one white person go for a position, and they choose the white person, and they're lesser qualified. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Then that is just black and white. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, that person is being racially pro. I mean, those nine people are not being chosen because of their race.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. We could blatantly say that. Now, a lot of people would say, "Well, how do you know?" Well, we just gave the facts. The white person was lesser qualified. Mm-hmm but they still chose the white person right and right so there there's when i said earlier there's levels to it this these nine black people you have no idea their past experiences and how many times they've been passed over for promotions Mm -hmm. right or what they've had to do to even get to a place of advancement to be considered Mm -hmm. right what their experiences are and their backgrounds how maybe they've had to scrape crumbs to go to school and get the education or training to get Mm -hmm. to the place that they're in, Mm -hmm. right? And all nine are against each other up for the same one promotion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there in of itself is an issue, right? In that example. So in the workplace, we see so many different things. They're like microcosms of, of, of things that go on. And in, especially the higher I go up, like I could talk about myself professionally mm-hmm. working for this system. Mm-hmm. There are very few black people. Let's just put it on the table. There yeah, are very yeah, totally. few black people yes. mm-hmm. in this entire system, right? Mm-hmm. I, at, at one location, I, I often saw myself as the only one, mm-hmm. right? Every day in all the meetings. And then we go virtual. Every day, I'm the only one because I'm mm-hmm. only virtual now. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm the only face i I see in the screen, and so that's a part of it too, because then no one to relate to is what I feel like right? Mm-hmm. I could relate maybe as a therapist, as a clinician, mm-hmm. I could talk about subject matter, but we're human. Is that what we talk about all eight hours that we're working right right <laughs> is that is that how I show up to every meeting and every case conference mm-hmm. and every right? so there's a lot that. I would say goes on for a black person in an environment like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I talk about in code switching.
0: Mm -hmm. So, um, (laughs) listen, this might be a ridiculous comparison to make, (laughs) but but you tell me if I'm being ridiculous right now. okay? Okay. I guess when I was thinking about that, what you just said, I couldn't help but relate it to myself a little bit. Now stick with me here because I know okay. I know what the what the general consensus is, consensus is about straight white males. Okay. Uh um, okay. we don't we have very little to <laughs> complain about and I agree.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I and, think I know what you're going to say. Not assuming, but go, go ahead. Go, go no, ahead. no,
0: tell me. Tell me. I bet you do. Are you
1: about to say this is a, a women <laughs> women's dominated person? Yes. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> what I was
0: going to say. So, like, yeah. you know, I obviously I cannot relate to being a black mm-hmm. person. Yeah. But I can relate to that feeling of being like, oh, you know, I'm the only one. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I used to share an office with 10 women. Mm-hmm. And me, and that was it, right? Mm-hmm. And there were definitely times when, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, <laughs> um, they might say things or do things mm-hmm. where I thought to myself, if I did that, I would be fired, like, mm-hmm. like within seconds. Now, yeah. this is different obviously um, yes
1: 100 percent different mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. we're talking about where you're the only white male but i bet it was with white females right so yes
0: yes true true the
1: the room the room is basically white right yes right and even though gender definitely is an intersection here
0: mm-hmm.
1: right even though gender is an intersection, there's something about that room, right, that has so much more in common than a room where there are nine white people and one black person, mm-hmm. right? And we can't really compare. Mm-hmm. Racial differences and disparities are overwhelmingly different and opposite than gender, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you, as a white male, are accepted so much more quicker Mm -hmm. by those white women than the white women if i were the black woman in the room Mm. right we talk about even the differences with the same gender but a different race
0: yes yes that makes a lot of sense yeah Uh, um well i thought i was gonna get some sympathy out of you but i guess not (laughs)
1: None for me, I'm sorry. <laughs> None for me, right? Yeah. No, like, hey, there are, hey. That's but there are a, a that's a, lot of a really tropes, good
0: point. Though. That's a really it, good yeah. point. Yeah.
1: And and we could even change the race to being one black man in a in a room with white women and how mm. dangerous that would be for, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, There's yeah. so many racial tropes that we totally. go through different situations where race would cause more danger than gender would. Yes. Right?
0: Totally. Right?
1: That that's a you great could...
0: example. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um sorry, I feel like I just cut you off Say what else no, no, you're no.
1: no, I was just gonna say where you say you could get fired very easily for, you know, doing or repeating some of the things, right? And not being able to get away with some of the things. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Being in that environment with all women. I just don't even think this person would last as long as you did. A black yes. man would last as long yes. as you did.
0: Yeah, hey, right. Good point. Good point. Thanks for setting me straight. Um, <laughs> no, but it is. It's a really good point. Um, yeah. Anyway, now that I've made myself look like an idiot, um, <laughs> <You> let's <laughs> let's talk about code switching. Yes. So you brought up this word. I have no idea what it means. Yeah, t- tell me about that and what it is and how it relates to the workplace.
1: Yeah, okay. So code switching is kind of like this, this broad way of saying um, adjusting one's style of speech or appearance or uh, behavior, I think in ways that would like optimize the comfort of others, mm-hmm. right? And the reason why a person would even code switch right is to gain acceptance or fair treatment they feel like they're in this environment where they have to in order to be the same Mm -hmm. or have some kind of equitable space yes in the room right okay um most of the time we see code switching in um employment most of the time Right, when, it, when we're talking about circumstances of, of professional spaces. I did a little bit of research just like, this is a term that I grew up understanding and knowing. I mean, my, my family would come home talking about it all the time. Oh, white oh, privilege. See, I
0: didn't even yeah. know what it was.
1: <laughs> right. It's the, the truth. this is Kind of one of these things where we say it to each other, right, when we hear how we talk on the phone, when we're not talking to someone from our community, things like that, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So the best example, at least even from a personal example, why you sound white when you're on the phone, (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like one of those examples um, of code switching, but Mm -hmm. honestly, just there was some research done by um, the Harvard Business Review. I think I've read this article sometime back about it and how this definitely has a greater effect psychologically on black people mm-hmm. who face doing this at work and it was really interesting to find out like how exhaustive that is. It's like performing for eight hours a day. Yeah,
0: I, I can't even imagine yeah,
1: right yeah and so others you know say say we're in an environment where there are just a few black people but the it, it's overwhelmingly white, right mm-hmm um, some of the Black people might accuse the person who's code-switching of acting white or brown-nosing, right, mm-hmm. kissing up, right? It, it, that's that's something that's like, I got to hear it from my community and I have to act like this, right, because I want to be considered
0: yes. for something. You're right? damned if you do, damned if you don't
1: exactly and so that's exhausting and then you got to think about how it depletes like your creative space like right cognitively what your brain might be going through saying mm-hmm. activate it like that for so long right needing to switch character almost yes right
0: you're doing double work you're doing yeah. you're doing your job and you're doing yep. this performance
1: yeah mm-hmm. ultimately it will start to hinder you right and so Code switching does have, it just has this overwhelming effect on a person trying so hard to just, right, meet a grade, mm-hmm. and they don't know that they're chasing something that they don't necessarily ever catch, so to speak, right, and how much that contributes to being burned out.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, man, in terms of burnout, I can't even imagine. Yeah. And... You know, I'm reminded, not that I want to keep going back to my stupid example in this podcast, but (laughs) like, I didn't have to worry about that, right? Yeah. In my example where I'm like, oh, I'm the only dude in the room. Yeah, but there's not really too much code switching involved in that. Not at all, right? Right. Yeah, it's like...
1: You still get to be white in your white environment. Totally.
0: Yes, yes. That just makes a ton of sense. Um, Yeah. And then just like the, like you... You kind of alluded to this just in terms of the burnout thing, but mm-hmm. man, in terms of like stress level yeah, and what the stress level of an employee who is surrounded by people of their own community in like that shared space mm-hmm. versus somebody who is not surrounded by people of their own community where they don't have that, I'm sorry, where they do have this code switching to worry about, like mm-hmm. I would really love to see a study that kind of compares the two in terms of like burnout and stress because, mm-hmm. man, you could just imagine the the decrease in stress level and burnout and, and feelings of burnout in the person who is surrounded by sort of their own community where they don't feel this need to perform.
1: Yeah, right? I can tell you right now, the black person begins to feel devalued, mm-hmm. right? It, it It just kind of reduces their commitment to maintain, mm-hmm. right, for the organization or in a space, right, and you see that over time, the black the, the, the person getting hired is really energetic, really in it, really yeah, in character, yeah. right, really committed to being Batman at work. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> sure, sure. And then after a while, it's like, okay, um, Batman has used all his tricks, he's not a super he doesn't have superpowers. He's tired. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And it just it contributes to that. Right. And what is one thing that we all use at work when we're trying to, I guess, grade our employees. Right. Our 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 feedback, our performance reviews. Yeah. Right. Right. By the time. Right. Because typically you get hired and and maybe there's like a three month review and that one is great. But then Mm -hmm. like the six year or the one year later reviews like what happened (laughs) you know
0: Mm -hmm. at the beginning there's like all that excitement and you're like i'm gonna i'm not gonna let it get to me that kind of thing but of course everything as time goes on is gonna wear on you and grate on you like you said i mean the difference between maybe that like first two week performance review versus you know two years later after sort of this has had time to simmer and fester i guess we could say
1: yeah festers Festers and festers, <laughs> right? Um, it it kind of it does more than fester, though, right? Mm-hmm. It it becomes something that you start to feel really personal about, right? It grows other emotions, mm-hmm. right? And that makes it really really difficult. It grows other emotions where there's resentment and anger, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes displaced aggression Mm -hmm. right and you have to really really check in on yourself when this begins to happen because you've spent the better part of your day just as a different person so to speak and then you lose yourself in it and you get angry at that so yeah so it it does a little bit more than Mm Mm-hmm
0: with these podcasts usually what mm-hmm. i like to do is throw these ideas out there and then mm-hmm. say like well here are some things you can do about them right um yeah. so like when it comes to this code switching thing at work yeah. like if, if you were met if you were um, seeing a client who really brought this up as like yeah. something that really stresses them out what would you have them do
1: about it. Yeah, a lot, of time, a lot of times it's not necessarily what the person who is code switching can do, but it's like what an organization can do mm-hmm. if we're talking about doing it at work, because it's the most commonplace it's done, right? Right, right. And so what can an organization do is kind of evaluate their company culture, mm-hmm. right? Look at your team and see, wow, I have nine white therapists And one black therapist Mm -hmm. on a team Mm -hmm. that they are involved heavily with each other every day Mm -hmm. and possibly think a little bit further about the impact, right? And even impact on patient care because I've heard patients say, wow, I want her. She's a black therapist. Mm -hmm. Totally. Right? Yes. And so I
0: have heard that before as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. And so if I'm the only one, I can't possibly take every black patient that comes right. through the doors. Right. And then how is that also something that the team knows how to respond to? Mm-hmm. Right. So so looking at at the culture, right, and and finding out from that therapist, giving platform for that therapist to speak about, you know, what they see here and how they experience that position. Right. So underrepresentation is a big deal there, right? And so looking at company culture, how can you maybe level the playing field a little bit?
0: Okay. Number 1. I totally mm-hmm. agree with what you said. In an ideal world, we would change the company's culture, right? Mm-hmm. That being said, like if we're thinking about this through a clinical lens and somebody's coming to you for therapy mm-hmm. and they identify this as an issue, as a clinician, That's not necessarily something that you can change, right? So like, is there anything really that the individual can do about it? Or is it really just sort of a matter of like managing, identifying your emotions that come up when we're thinking about this stuff and sort of like navigating, uh, how do I deal with this anger, this frustration that I feel that, you know, this is part of my day to day, uh, do you yeah. know what i'm saying does that make sense yeah
1: so okay. in 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 helping someone who's actively doing this day to day right i often try to get them to find places of comfort right mm-hmm. look mm-hmm. in look within your day for spaces where you can be mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. right look for the one person maybe not the group of people that you can be authentically yourself around mm-hmm and do that. Maybe this is one of those times where you might have to share, work makes me tired because I'm constantly in this character and and seeing how that person receives it. But right before that, you know how to assess if you feel safe enough to share that with that person. Mm -hmm. Right, so just look for those spaces in your day where you can be yourself and do it, and do it daily and, and do it enough so much so you know you can count on that time. Mm-hmm.
0: So almost like viewing that as like a coping skill, like seeking out the people where you feel comfortable mm-hmm. enough where you can kind of take that mask off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, and I I totally agree with you about like obviously ideally every company would change their culture or like have these really look inward and see if if the this is an issue. Unfortunately though, that doesn't always happen. So I guess I was no. just thinking like if there's an individual that's struggling with this that they only have so much control over what their company's gonna do, mm-hmm. then how how do you manage it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and so I think that's the other part. I think there's something to how we operate in in an inclusive environment, I think. Right. We we don't often separate diversity from inclusion. Mm-hmm it comes as a package deal and i think sometimes the idea of inclusion gets gets lost in what it really is and what it really means Mm -hmm. right and so if i'm at work obviously all day code switching right then i must not feel included in something right right? because then
0: there'd be no need
1: yeah and so there's just this idea that are you really looking at what inclusion means right? And and that's not just the company looking at its culture, that's really understanding just that word specifically to how you drive that those motives across, I guess, the company mm-hmm. in, in these commitments to be equitable, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's important to to note, right? Like inclusiveness doesn't always have to come with diversity because Mm -hmm. if we can't be diverse if there are no black people applying for the positions right i can't help that i can't hire black Mm -hmm. people that don't apply right Mm -hmm. i could maybe go and recruit in communities where i wouldn't normally could uh, recruit i could do that and still that's not kind of the guarantee so how can i then turn around even on a manager's level it doesn't have to be like the entire company Right? How can I turn around and, and look at this environment I know I am managing every day and make it more inclusive?
0: Yes.